Welcome to Entrepreneurhood, where we break entrepreneurship down into three simple pillars, business, lifestyle, and motivation. Our goal is to use our personal experiences as industry leaders to guide and inspire young entrepreneurs to see the lesson in every challenge. Because we understand that companies don't succeed, people do. Now, welcome the leaders of entrepreneurhood, Lake Kim and KB. Welcome to the neighborhood. You got your boy, Lake Kim, in the building, and I got my brother, KB, in the building with me. We're on episode 45, and we decided to name this one, You Versus You. Now, this episode is all about accountability, and I know all of our listeners have been wondering where we've been at. Like, we went on a month drought because a lot of life changes and um, I'm super excited, bro, because I'm finally back in the East Coast. I'm in Philly with it. And I'm just excited, man. I'm closer to my family. I'm closer to the homies. And I'm ready to get back to it, bro. This episode is all about accountability, like I said. And KB, he's going to let everybody know why we decided to choose this topic. And he's going to let y'all know what the quarter of the day is. So KB, what's the quarter of the day? If anything is stopping you from achieving your dreams, that thing is you. And this is said by Godson Greek. And it's true. It's a lot of times we get in our own way of our success. And if you don't stand up to that accountability, you'll be the reason why you actually fall. All day long, bro. The reason we chose this topic is because we know accountability can feel like an attack when you're not ready to take responsibility of your own actions. We always say business is a sport and the effort that you put in generally represents your results. Most struggling solopreneurs avoid the word accountability because they don't want to admit that the lack of the results is really a reflection of their own efforts. Yeah. Obstacles have to be hurdled. Yes. And stress is inevitable. Yes. But no reality is you versus you. And I feel like that title, it, it resonates. And I like that title a lot better than the <laughs> original title. Yo, y'all got to hear what we wanted to name this joint. I was like, yo, KB, for an episode about accountability, what do you think we should name this topic? He was like, yo, I got one. I was like, all right, what is it? It was like, being broke is your fault. <laughs> I'm like, just like that, bro? He's like, yo, somebody got to say it. And I get where he was coming from. I know why he was trying to say it like that. But sometimes people got to hear it how it is. What if it was for clickbait? But it's a deeper beating behind that. Not just being broke financially, but like mentally as well. You got to heal the brokenness before you can make the next move and your success journey. But uh, yeah, I mean, broke people, they can't change the world. <laughs> But yeah, I'm glad we changed it. Just to remind our listeners, this episode is called You Versus You. KB, we came up with three problems that we feel like we hear a lot of solopreneurs. They say this to themselves or they just say it out loud. And for anyone listening, this episode is catered to our solopreneurs. You know, these are the entrepreneurs. They're a team of one and they in the grind. And sometimes it's tough. KB, what are the three problems we got, man? What do we hear our solopreneurs say? I don't have to answer to anyone. The best thing as an entrepreneur is that you could be your own boss. The worst thing as an entrepreneur is that you're your own boss, which means self-awareness and accountability are essential for fulfillment and success. And I think whenever an entrepreneur says that, it's more of an ego thing because of how they feel about a certain situation. My experience, bro, I definitely got something to share with that because I've said that multiple times and it was all ego-driven. And when you're in that space, it's like you have to govern yourself because you're your own boss and nobody's you know, telling you what to do or you signing your own check. To have that standard, you got to uphold the standard for yourself as well as you have for your employees or your clients. That's a fact. 
the second problem we hear entrepreneurs say is I'm stressed. I feel like, bro, that's in every entrepreneur's vocabulary, bro. Everybody's stressed. Stress is inevitable. I'm sure Mother Teresa and Gandhi, they were stressed too. What makes a difference is they don't carry stress. So if you want to be happy, you want to be a great entrepreneur, you can't carry it. You can't carry the burdens. You have to let it go. Yeah, bro. I think stress is a skill that highly successful entrepreneurs are paid for. So I agree. The third problem we have is we hear entrepreneurs say is I'm doing all I can. When I hear this statement, I think of entrepreneurs who meant they're doing all they know. Mm. And it's time to add skill sets to get past this current level. I think with that problem, anytime an entrepreneur says I'm doing all they can, they shut their mind down for new possibilities. It's more of like a victim approach versus, yo, I'm going to do whatever I got to do to get it done. And again, like, bro, I've said all of these things, but I've had situations where I realized I had to overcome it because I'm being a victim. And anytime I catch myself saying these things, I'm like, yo, Lay, you got into this because you're trying to win, not because you're trying to play the game at a mediocre level. That attitude of what was me and pointing the finger at everybody else, it ain't cute in entrepreneurship. Like, <laughs> you could get away with that with a school project, but this is real life. Like, you could change your life for the good or for the worse. Yeah, entrepreneurship is a lifestyle. And we've said that multiple times. Entrepreneurhood is a lifestyle. And to play this game and to enter this game, you got to be willing to go beyond what you think you can. This episode of accountability, bro, this topic, the word accountability, I think this is stuff that every entrepreneur needs. And sometimes this is going to be an episode that you and I, we're going to look back on anytime we catch ourselves seeing one of these problems. For the first problem, I don't have to answer to anyone. Definitely in the beginning, because when you fresh entrepreneur, you just have a fresh freedom. Like, I can do whatever I want. I don't have a boss. I don't have to clock in. It's cute and it's nice. When those problems come, you got no boss, you got no supervisor. You got to deal with it. And you got people relying on you or have an expectation of you for a particular service or whatever product you're selling. For me personally, it was all about me being accountable by far as like being on time and for my training sessions or being on time for my real estate showings. And I think for training, I had to set a standard to be there before the time was set. And I learned that back in high school with coach. Yo, if you're going practice at six, you should be on the court at six. You shouldn't be walking in, getting dressed. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> so with that type of approaches, I remember when I was training and a guy was like, yo, why are you rushing for? They got to wait on you. They already paid you. I'm like, nah, that's not the point. I'm supplying a service to them. I don't even really care if you pay me. I care about you getting results. Facts. Yeah. That's why people come to me. I get paid because I get results. If I reiterate to clients, I'm paying you. But I'm like, yo, I don't need you to show up 10, 15 minutes late. I can replace you with somebody else. Because those 10 or 15 minutes is taken away from the service that I'm trying to provide to you. And it's going to affect their results. Exactly. Especially if it's a group setting, it's going to mess up my mantra because I have everything in my head already based on who's there and what they're able to do. So if you're coming in 10, 15 minutes late, now I have to change the whole workout from two people to four people or whatever. It's a disservice. So it's like, I try to set a stand as much as possible not to be late. And if they late, they got to do burpees. It's like an unofficial policy or rule I got, but they just kind of know what it is now. Like, all right, I'm going to just do my burpees. And if you later than usual, then, you know, you're probably going to do burpees for a little minute. <laughs> <laughs> Dang. Depending on how late you are determines how many burpees they got to do. Yeah. If it's a consecutive thing, it's I don't want to see you for 20 minutes. Just go in the corner. <laughs> I'll call you when I'm ready.
on the flip side, this is the first time I've been late. I would say in a, a long time. I have times where I completely forgot about a session where I was so busy doing other things as an entrepreneur and forgot about it. So when those kind of things happen, because I am human and I do make mistakes, I have to supply some type of service or some type of value from it. And I offer people free sessions because of my tardiness or my mistakes. So it's like I still hold a standard to myself. Yo, you about to have you about to just train for free now because you don't want to be on time. <laughs> <laughs> I do that for me. And then for my clients, you know, I make them pay with their workouts. So it's like, yeah, I'm a great trainer. People love me. People want to love my services. Everybody's lined up. I have a wait list. But at the same time, I still hold a stand to myself to be even better than where I'm at now and at a higher level. Why do you even care about showing up on time? Why is it so important to you? Is that comes from when you used to work for somebody or is that like a pet peeve of yours? Yeah, it's a pet peeve. I want to get everything that's on the table. So if you're paying for a movie ticket, you come 10 minutes late, you miss the first 10 parts of the movie. Now you got to guess what happened. Yeah, what happened? What's going on? You miss out. And I'm like, I'm not into missing out if I'm supposed to be somewhere. I want the full flex. I want the full course meal. I want everything. <laughs> you miss out on everything. And then you might complain while you're not getting results because you miss out on that first 10 minutes. Or you're saying you have to leave early because you got to do X, Y, and Z. It's like, yo, I'm giving you my unfold divided attention. Yeah, I think timeliness is next to godliness. It's like going to a sporting event and leaving in the fourth quarter. Like you just missing out on what could have happened. It's, it's like going to the game between the Falcons and the Patriots. And for anyone that left that game early, bro, they miss history. And yeah. that's just because they didn't value the seeing something all the way through. Shout out to my bro, Dante. We made some money off of him off that game. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, y'all bet on that game, the, the Falcons versus the Patriots? Yeah, because I'm a Patriots fan, really Tom Brady fan. But uh, he loved the Falcons, and that was probably the last Super Bowl we watched together. It's so funny, man. And again, for the listeners that listen, KB and I, as we talk and we do this episode and we do our preparation we intentionally don't share our experiences so we can make it organic. But KB, my experience for when entrepreneurs say I don't have to answer to anyone, it's exactly the same of what you just said. Here's what I wrote down. I said, anytime I catch myself saying I don't have to answer to anyone, it's always when I didn't feel like doing something that I knew I was supposed to do. But <laughs> I wanted to pull the entrepreneur card, quote, quotations. <laughs> My example is like when I first started doing interviews and I was interviewing people in Indianapolis, there were certain days that like I felt super lazy and I would just show up to the interviews only five to 10 minutes late. And in my mind, that's what I was telling myself is only five to 10 minutes late because I could like is my company. You here to interview with my firm. I'm the boss. So you working on my time. And one day my recruiter, she said, hey, Lay Kim. I don't think you should have interviews waiting that long after their scheduled interview. And then I told her, let them wait. I don't have to answer to anyone. And I was like, yo, I understand that they schedule, but like, I'm gonna let them wait. And I don't know what it was with me, but I think it was just more of, again, a, an ego thing. And I was just like, I don't got to answer to anyone. Everyone got to work on my schedule. And that was just the wrong approach. And when you said that, I just imagining because you are in sales and you promote people as well. So if you take on that type of energy and tardiness, then whoever you promote is going to think is acceptable too. What I found is 
people only do 20% of what you do and they do 80% of what you do wrong. Wait, run that back. <laughs> people only do 20% of what you do and they do 80% of what you do wrong. So for example, if I think that it's okay to show up five to 10 minutes late, when I promote someone or when I put someone in charge, they'd be like, well, late Kim showed up 10 minutes. I'm only going to show up 25. It's only 25 minutes. Or we always say that if we're training someone to do a task and we say, yo, the goal is to get right to the field. We always say, don't run no personal errands before you go to the field. Because if you go and you get gas before you go to the field, your new person is going to be like, my trainer, he got gas. You know what? I need to get my oil change. My oil change is only going to take an hour. Let me go get my oil change. And then it just is a domino effect. So again, that's why I believe it's so important because even if you do everything right, bro, they only going to take 20% of it. Wow. That's a tough stat. When you said that, I was thinking about when I train, I show people how to do workouts. If I'm facing a certain way, they're going to face the same way. And they usually end up doing exercise wrong (laughs) and I I have to correct them. That's very true from that standpoint. So that's why, especially when I have new people, I always try to, you know, cater to them a little bit more. So they could get a full understanding and don't pick up any bad habits. So that's why I try to cut people like, listen, don't do that. Cause I don't need her picking that up because if she picks it up, then y'all both doing burpees. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Because again, it's the example, bro. When someone is brand new, when someone is a novice at something, whatever they see is what they view as being acceptable. So if they see the form is off, if they see the schedule is off, like anything that they could, use as ammunition to be an excuse of why they don't have to do something right they're gonna run with it it goes back to the accountability yeah i think that's my big issue that i had man and i finally got to a point to where i realized that i can't pull the entrepreneur card if i'm trying to be a leader of people yeah it's you versus you the standard won't change unless you change it facts for the second problem stress definitely you always felt this i'm pretty sure everybody did and one of the biggest stressful moments for me was last year during quarantine. It's like gyms is closed was almost the last thing to open up. And being that I wasn't not sure if it was ever training in the gym again, it was stressing me the hell out. I just hit my biggest goals in January and February. And then middle of March, everything shut down. So I'm like, I was on my way. But it had that snatched away from me. It was really stressful as an entrepreneur. It's like, yo, how do I pivot this? As the time went on, I really, you know, spent time with myself, but I was just so devastated by this happening to the whole world. And once I realized, well, it's not just me. It's not just me in the situation. It's not just my gym just shut down. All of the whole world shut down. It's a pandemic. And as I started to dissect that, I'm like, yo, all right. So it's not that people are not working out. We just can't work out in the gym. How can I pivot that? And that's when, you know, virtual training became... A, a thing now, like home workout, people, you know, excited to work out in their homes because it's something them to look forward to do. They start doing all these different challenges. And uh, within myself, I started to work out more because I didn't want, I didn't work out at all because I was just like, yeah, I don't, I want to get money. Like <laughs> <laughs> I can't be broke because it broke. I'll be my fault. <laughs> yeah. Facts. Yep. And then I started uh, just pumping um, my virtual training, my app more. And I just started doing, um, being more social on social media, doing more workouts, doing lives. 
and not really making excuses for myself. It's like, let me at least get out there and get that notoriety to my brand because we always not going to stay in this pandemic. So by the time things open up, people are already going to want to be comfortable enough to be around others. It's like, yo, I want to work with you. I want to train with you. And that was my plan. And, and it worked out. So how long did you feel like I might never go back to training again? Because I feel like that's such a, a hard blow to take. Yo, I've spent the last seven years, eight years building something. Yeah. And in one year, it could all be gone. I would say it was a good like two months from being March to June. Because even when people start, like the weather start breaking, I still didn't train outside yet to like probably the second, third week of June. And what made it even harder for that, I wasn't getting paid because people paid me up front. I owe people time. So, oh, so I really felt like an employee. They already paid me. I'm like, yo, I got to give them eight sessions. I didn't start getting paid really till July. I had to get new clients. A lot of people were scared to come. So people that's familiar with you already, it's COVID. You don't really be around people that say your family. <laughs> you like, I don't really know you like that. You know what I'm saying? But as things started, you know, to progress, new people started to come. And yeah, I was basically trading my time for real. And <laughs> that was so tough because I owe this to these people. And I don't know if they're even going to continue. They just want to get their money's worth. That's a scary place to be in. So you're not making money. You owe clients time. And then you don't know if the gym is going to open back up. Yeah. And bills are still coming. Because <laughs> at that point, then like you use some of that time too to learn investing and stuff too. Isn't that a substitute that you tried to replace it with? Yeah, that was a big pivot. Like, yo, if I'm never going back in the gym again, I'm not just going to just get a job. I'm too deep in the, in the game of entrepreneurship. I, I know there's other ways to scale and make money. And I start learning stocks and start picking that up. And I never forget, uh, June 8th, 2020, I was up 20,000. <laughs> yeah. By June, probably 13th, 14th, all of it was going. <laughs> <laughs> so you're talking about stress on top of stress. And that was just something of lack of knowledge of not knowing what I was capable of doing. And it was tough because I felt myself progressing. I'm putting in work and I'm studying, watching, you know, NBC every day as I'm in school, like nine to five, just learning new, the vocabulary and the vernacular of stocks. So to so be at a, a peak to come all the way back down, actually lower than when I started, it hurt. Especially when you got like momentum going, I feel like that's what creates stress is like stress is a feeling from lack of results or not getting any results. That's where stress really comes in at. And my example is, is really similar, man. So my experience is this. There's been plenty of times, bro, that I felt like I, I just say I'm just stressed. And there are days that I just literally woke up, bro. And I just thought about everything that I had to do. And I'm just like, yo, I am stressed. It's just a, the thought of everything that you have to do. So my most recent experience is where I felt the most stressed, bro, is when I had to move my company, my employees, my wife, and myself to Philly. And when I thought about everything that I needed to do, I just froze up and I did nothing. Like it was just so overwhelming that it, it kind of, I felt paralyzed. And the only way I was able to get through that moment was I had to talk with my coach. 
I don't know why, bro, but I just felt lost. I was like, there's just so much things, man. I got to shut off the internet. I got to change my addresses. I have to make sure people know where they're going to move to. I have to still keep sales going so I have money coming in. I have to make sure my recruiter is good. I have to tell my new employees that, yeah, we're not going to be here in a month. It was just a, it was so many moving pieces at one time that I literally felt like I didn't know where to go. So the way that I, I fixed that, was I spoke to my coach and he was like, yo, Lee Kim, your problem is you're not writing anything down. You're just thinking about everything that you needed to do. And he just walked me through it, bro, because if I didn't come up with a game plan with him to make this move go smooth, I don't know. I felt like I would have added like an extra couple months to my age because of just <laughs> how stressed I felt. So you speak to your coach and you tell him about all the different problems and he tells you, yo, you just got to write it down. How did you take that at first? I was like, bro, that's not it. I need more than that. Like, I understand you want me to write this down and plan that out. And he was like, nah, Blake Kim, you don't understand, bro. Right now, you got everything in your head. And you're just not knocking it off in an effective way. I just need a direction. And I think there's yeah. certain times in business and where we're going at, we just need to be led in the way that we need to go. I think we, we fight ourselves as, as just as human beings when we have difficult problems that it deserves a simple answer. I think we're supposed to be so complex. But a lot of times, it's supposed to be simple things that we need to be doing in order to conquer the difficult situations. And some people will get offensive by that. Like, I know all my problems already. Why I got to write it down for? I, was like, I knew what I needed to, and that's why I kept telling them. He was like, all right, but like, where is it? And I was like, it's, it's in here, bro. I pointed to my head. I'm like, it's in here. And he's like, yo, that's not good enough. I don't know. I was fighting it because at this point, I already got my planner. I'm still new with my planner, but he was like, just write it out. And I'm like, yo, I need more than that because the way that I was doing was out, even when I did write it out, I still just saw too many things that needed to get done. And then he helped me organize it in a way that made it feel like it was manageable. And then I felt like way better. The thing was the issue that I was experiencing of even when I wrote it out of me being stressed was I still didn't know what to do first. So the solution he gave me was like, all right, each thing that we go and do, we're going to put a, a time frame to each one, right? So you got to shut off the internet. When does that need to be done by? I'm like, that will need to be done until at least two days before I got to go. He's like, all right, cool. Then we're going to put that for June the 1st. And you got to return this to the post office. When do you got to do that by? And he just like really helped me prioritize what was the most important. And then once I did that, bro, like my stress level went to the floor. And, and that's so essential to have accountability partner. So, you know, shout out to your coach. And this is coming off a wedding prior or two months before. So, yeah, that's a whole different kind of stress. And you coming off a wedding, you move into the other side of the country and you bring in people with you who never been to this side of the country. Yeah. And you, you start in a new business. So it's, it's a lot. It's a lot at stake. It's a lot going on. And you started your own personal coaching. coaching. Yeah. So <laughs> stress is, is coming. So it's, you have to figure out ways to channel that because of all the different changes that's happening. And I think that's what I want to, you know, talk to the entrepreneurs about, man, is I know what it feels like and I know how you feeling because whoever is listening to this right now, there's 
one aspect of their life where they feel stress. It could be in your personal life. It could be in your business life. But there's one part that we feel stressed and there's a solution to it. And KB and I, we're going to share how we overcome that towards the end of the episode. So make sure that y'all listen through this all the way through. One thing I, I do like uh, what Tony Robbins, he said before, after speaking to so many people, you really know where it's coming from. It's either within yourself, internal conflict, something with your family, your relationship, your job, or your business, or your expectations. Yeah. And after you run through those things, or something with your children, if you have children, after you run through those things, you realize this uh, a factor here that I cannot control. And that's what you're probably most upset about because you can't control it. Yeah. So therefore you only can focus on what you can control and it might sound cliche, but it's true. And that's how you lower your stress levels and you're able to think clearly. Cause a lot of times we stress and we got all this in our head and we just don't do anything. That was with me. Cause I had to write down how many clients I owe time to. Cause I'm like, I owe everybody. And I'm like, I gotta go back on my sessions. I had to change my whole policy. Cause I have a policy where you have to use your sessions in five weeks. I literally had to throw that out the window because of the pandemic. People were taking advantage of it as well because I couldn't really manage it because I already had their money. It was a different type of stress. It's like, yo, I know y'all wouldn't be doing this if the world was normal. But sure enough, whole year later, we back on track and everything is tight now. Yeah, bro. And I think like one of the biggest things that I want people to realize is stress is really a test to see what you can handle. And, and it's more of just building like your immune system to that situation. That's what stress does. It builds your immune system. Now, bro, I'm so grateful that I went through the stress of moving my entire company, my employees, myself, working with a new client, starting a new business and pushing my planners all at the same time. Because, bro, looking forward now is like, what can I not handle? I've handled, I feel like, the, some of the most stressful things that could happen all at one time and I'm still here and I'm still growing. So that's the, the beautiful thing of it is if you handle it and you overcome it, you just live to tell the story. For the third part, I'm doing what I can. I definitely said this before with real estate. With being a realtor, it can be very overwhelming and you can feel very uncontrolled compared to training because it's such of a big transaction and a big investment where it's really out of your hands. You just guiding the person through the process until I went to a real estate training workshop. And a teacher blatantly explained it like this. He said, as a realtor, you aren't doing a business. He says, as a realtor, the people aren't doing business with your brokerage. They're doing a business with you. Yeah. He read us right on the paper, Y-O-U-L-O-C. And he was like, what is that? He said, that's your business. <laughs> it's you, L-O-C. Oh, so snap. Yeah, okay. You set the standard for how you go about appointments. You set the standard for how you go about showing houses. You set the standard of how you sell and how you guide them. They don't go to your brokers. They just see you. And you do the deal under your brokerage, but it's Caleb LLC. Yeah. And once I saw it that way, I'm like, wow, I have control and I'm learning how to set the tone. And because I always felt like I'm just doing all I can. I'm doing all these different showings. I'm showing this person this. They're not coming back. Then I got to speak to the agent to set up the appointment. They're not getting back to me. Now I'm just feel like I'm lost in the source. And I see other people doing well. I'm like, I'm a smart person. I know how to make a phone call. I know how to text somebody to say I want to see something at a certain time. What I'm doing wrong. And I was doing all I can, but I was doing really doing all I know. And once I changed that approach of, yo, this is when I show houses. 
these are the houses I'm, I'm going to show you before we even get anywhere. I'm not going to waste my time. I'm not here to waste time. I clearly told my clients that, like, I'm not here to waste time. And I set the standard, like, yo, my time is valuable. And if I show you something that you like, are you going to be interested in submitting an offer before I even show them anything? So I could have the, their mindset, like, hold on, let's not waste the time. Let's not just beat around the bush. Because if we miss out on this house, somebody's going to grab it. And then Damn. you're going to try to double back and say, oh, I want to get that. And it's, it's over with now. And so once I put the set the standard for my LLC, you LLC, it made me realize like, hold on, you just got to do change up a bit. You got to add some different skill sets, change the different systems and implement that. And then you won't be struggling so much. And I feel based on what you're saying, it seemed like you just got to expand on what you know, because like you said, that's a, a very dope perspective of, you know, I'm not doing all I can. I'm doing all I know. And it seemed like you just needed to get yourself around other people and see, oh, all right, they're getting results. So it's clearly not the industry. It's, it's me. Yeah. And, and I'll be, I'm the reason why I'm broke. <laughs> see all that? right. Now, now I see why you wanted to. All right. That makes sense now. That makes sense. You see what I'm saying? Like it's, it gets clickbait, but once you start seeing me explain it, it's, oh, I get it now. <laughs> but again, the reason why I even think that it's so tough is because again, that level of accountability, bro, it, it, it feels like an attack. And yeah. I feel like in that moment, if someone was to tell you, okay, B, it's your fault. You tripping. The reason you're not getting results is you're going to be like, nah, like no one taught me this or no one put me on or my leads ain't that good. It, it, it takes time for someone to realize that, yo, there's more to this. I sounded like Tyrese. <laughs> he was, what more do you want from me? <laughs> Yo, but there's entrepreneurs that think like that, bro. No, nah, it's a fact. And it's like, once I took on that accountability and I was exposed to that level of thinking, I never looked back. And I got two, two closes this month, hopefully. There's going to be some bottles pop for that situation. <laughs> hey, yo, and I'm telling you, today's July 7th. So, KB, we're going to hold you accountable for when this episode releases. And then we need an update to see if those deals go through. Definitely. If y'all see some champagne on Instagram, then <laughs> that's a good sign. <laughs> yo, see, I like that, bro. All right. So, my experience, man, when you know, entrepreneurs say, I'm doing all I can is this. I remember when my company was in a, a sales slump, bro. And I felt like my sales leads were horrible. Anytime I asked for help, I felt like my mentors or the people that were in charge of leads were like, yo, like Kim, just sell slower internet speeds or get your team to be better. Because I'm like, one, I'm not selling none of the slow internet speeds because my integrity don't feel good to sell someone a slower speed and their mindset was like yo but the slower internet speed areas it hasn't been worked in years and i'm like yeah there's a reason why it's because nobody need that no one want that or they was just like yo like kim just get your team better and again i felt like an attack i started to question myself like damn do i really know what i'm doing because i'm doing all i can and at this point kb i think this is where most entrepreneurs they would give up on themselves or they would stop trying to find a new solution. But I call myself a natural breed entrepreneur looking back on it because when I got to that point that I felt like my, my company and my team was in a sales slump, I went back to the drawing board and I came up with a game plan. 
And the game plan was I got some of my, my top leaders, Dante and a few other people. And I'm like, yo, let's do a road trip to Alabama. And we're going to do a two week road trip. We're going to make this an experience. And we're going to show everybody that there's more that can be done. I don't know what else I could do in my city with the leads that we have, but we're going to find a solution. And we rented out a lake house, a beautiful lake house, bro. We took 15 people down to the lake house. Wait, um, hold on real quick. I'm just picturing. I'm, I never heard anybody say I'm going to get some money in Alabama. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> I'm going to Alabama with it, bro. So that was a bold move. Yeah. Like, <laughs> and again, I was walking into untapped territory. Like I, I've never been to Alabama at this point. So I didn't know what to expect, but. Uh, I, I know territory too. Yeah. So was, I just, I didn't know what to, what was going to happen, but I was like, yo, we're going to figure it out. There's obviously more that can be done and we're going to make it something that we'll never forget. So like I said, we got a, a beautiful lake house, bro. One of my first, I think my first time ever staying at a lake house because where we from in Queens, bro, ain't nobody in our family got no lake house. It's just, it's not something that's common. Yeah. Unless you live in a Rosedale behind a swamp. <laughs> <laughs> How crazy is that, bro? And that's what we consider a lake house, but that's just, that was just me continuing to push myself to think bigger think something beyond what I was seeing and bro we went to this Alabama trip bro we did more sales during the first week than we did the my company's last three weeks and then the second week we matched what we did the first week and we broke records over those two week periods and my company we made over ten thousand dollars that week and prior to that trip, we were averaging only four to $5,000 a week. And just because I felt like there was more that I could do because people was trying to tell me that was it. So mm. what entrepreneurs do, bro, the, the ones that play the game at the highest level is they never stop thinking that what they're doing is all they could do. So I pushed myself in. I made more money during those two weeks than I did over the last six weeks at that moment. So as you like on the trip to Alabama, did you have any doubts or did your team have any doubts? Bro, that's doubts was like on the forefront of my mind. That's all I kept thinking about. <laughs> but on the surface, I told my team that this was going to be amazing. I was like, it's impossible for us to go out there and not make money. That was the level of confidence that I was displaying to the team. But in my mind, I'm like, yo, they might be racist out there. What if the territory is not that good? I'm just giving myself a false sense of fulfillment to make me feel like this is going to be the solution. And what really happened was I just manifested it. I said that it was going to be an amazing trip. I said that we was going to hit some goals. And bro, I hit every goal that we said that we were going to hit prior to the trip. No, nah, that's dope. And once you're there, it's game time. I have to do it now. And I think sometimes what entrepreneurs, we, we just have to literally put ourselves in the physical space. Because once, you know, somebody gets in the house and they say they like it, I'm like, all right, so we got to put an offer in. It's not even like a fantasy land. We got to at least get in the game. And once you realize that this is what I've been thinking about, this is what I was hoping for, you got to own that moment. And like, nah, I'm taking the shot. And I'm going to make the shot. I only shoot it to make it. So it's funny. <laughs> what it announces acts, Damian Litter, a basketball player from the Blazers. When you took the shot, did you think you was going to make it? And he said, I take shots to make them. <laughs> <laughs> what do you mean? 
So it's like you in business to make money. So you in business to challenge yourself. You went there to make money. So it's I have to do that now. And the <laughs> thing for me, bro, that made me realize that like it was all in was when I actually paid for the lake house. Bro, the lake house costs like $8,000. So, bro, once I swiped my card and I seen the 8000 was real, I was like, all right, now I don't care what nobody's saying. Like, we not leaving Alabama until we make this money back. It was just that all in. in the game. Yeah, that all in Mamba mentality. Yeah, you, you have to, you know, go with that confidence and address that confidence because if you don't, people smell fear. Yeah. And then again, like, I didn't want, I didn't want being broke is my fault. Like I was like, I wasn't trying to, I wasn't trying to live that through. I knew I had to make it, I had to make it work. And, and being that you have a team of people, that's the next step for like solopreneurs. It's like the situation was you versus you. You had to own it, the situation so your employees could follow suit. And I think. Being a solopreneur, it's like, all right, I'm dealing with this, uh, uh, but once you have people count on you and their livelihood is, is dependent on your hands, it's a totally different ball game because they work for you because they want to eat. They got to feed their family. They got responsibilities. So you being ahead and being the boss or being a leader, you got to, you got to display that effort. And it's, it's essential that we on our P's and Q's and trying to make everything work. Yeah. And I think that's what we really want all the entrepreneurs or solopreneurs or any entrepreneur listening right now is, yo, it's you versus you. There's not that many other ways we can say it. So now that y'all understand the main problems with accountability, I think it's time KB for us to share the solutions that we got to help the entrepreneurs get better. So what's the first solution you got, bro? For those who say, I don't have to answer anyone. You do. You have to answer to <laughs> <laughs> Just like that, you do. You have to be the example. Be the boss you always want to have and be the immaculate service you always want to receive when you go to an island or when you go to a resort. And if you go with that type of mindset, you'll realize that you have a responsibility and take accountability for your actions as well. So... Be the example if you want to have me a business, if you wanted to have a great, you want to be a great successful entrepreneur. Yeah. And again, my solution is extremely simple. When entrepreneurs say, I don't have to answer to anyone, my solution is don't cheat yourself. Just because you're the boss doesn't mean that you should reduce your quality of work. If anything, you should perform to your best ability when your employees or your team is around so they could see the right example. Because when you're in that position, there's a high chance that your employees or your team is not around you that when you're the boss, you don't have to work a full day. But when you commit to something, you got to show up 100% of the times. And I think that's the most important, one of the most important keys of even if you don't have to answer anyone, once you're there, be present. Yeah. Definitely tap in, be fully engaged. For my second takeaway, for those who say I'm stressed with the whole entrepreneur thing and it's not clicking or I want more out of this, I like to start the day off with a high frequency. And I've been learning over the past couple of months, the best way to deal with stress is don't even deal, deal with yourself first. So a lot of times we, we got all these business ideas that we want to do, goals we want to hit. 
but also think about your personal goals and with work within yourself. So I start my day off with a morning routine of my prayers, my exercise, and me, my positive affirmations. And by me doing that every day, no matter what's going on or what didn't happen yesterday, I start my day off on the right foot. Yeah. And I give myself the first 30 minutes of to myself. And I don't check. My, I'll be on my phone, but I turn off my notifications. I don't check my emails. I don't log on Instagram. Cause I sign out every night. I have to sign out every night because <laughs> you know, you could, it's, it's addicting and self-awareness. So it's like, when you start your day off, you set the tone. So anytime something comes at you, you gotta learn how to deal with it where you don't really grasp onto it. It's okay that things don't work out as they should, but just know that they are always going to work out. So it's between the belief of certainty and uncertainty. You don't know how it's going to happen. It has to get done. And when you go with that approach, you can never lose. You can't lose with that mindset, bro. That high frequency mentality in the morning, I think that goes a long way. That's genius, bro. And my solution is really simple. I got a four word solution for our listeners. And it's, <laughs> it's something simple that my coach told me. Get it on paper. Like when you feel stressed and you feel like there's so many things on your mind, get it on paper. What this means is that when you're stressed, you typically don't have a game plan on paper. What I personally hate is when people say, I have it all up here and like they're pointing to their head. Like that's just, that's the worst approach that you could tell someone like that's already stressed. One of the things that I was thinking about, bro, and I want every entrepreneur to listen real closely to what I'm about to say. I want y'all to realize, take a guess. Guess where the best, most creative ideas that's never been created are, <laughs> right? Like, where are they at, bro? And the, the most creative, like, best ideas that's never been created, like, they're at the cemetery, bro. And why they're at the cemetery is because those people, they took those great ideas with them to the grave instead of putting it on paper. So there's so many great ideas that you have. There's so many execution plans that you have that are creative. They're phenomenal. And guess what? People will never know about them. And you're going to take them with you to the grave just because you didn't want to get it on paper. So if you get it on paper, you're going to reduce your stress and you're going to feel better. Wow. That was a great example. When you said that, I'm like, all right, he's going to go away somewhere deep and then I'm like, yo, that's so simple, but it's so true. Because <laughs> everybody say it's in my head, but you never really got it out, leaving somebody else to carry it off. Yeah, because what I even think of, bro, is I really hope that Kobe had some, like, great stuff that he got on paper to follow through some of the things that he had, bro, because he's just a prime person that, like, I know, bro, you give Kobe a couple more years and he's just continuing to build on his legacy. So I just pray that he left some things on paper for his wife for them to follow through what he had in his mind. Definitely, bro. I hope so too, because somebody who has a mentality like that, they have a lot to offer to the world. For the third problem or the third solution, I'm doing all I can. My takeaway is you're not doing all you can. You're doing all. So if you're doing all, you got to come with a different type of approach. So what I did in the situation where when it came to real estate, I wrote down a policy that I set for my clients. 
and I wrote down a standard that I set for myself. So it's like, for my policies, this is what we want to do. We're not here to waste time. If you see something you like, we're going to submit an offer. We're going to get ourselves prepared before the moment even comes. And we're going to have great communication. For myself, I set a standard. I'm not going to be running around with my head chopped off. And I'm not going to make all these different type of phone calls. I'm going to have an appointment that I show houses. And in between those things, I learned how to navigate and become more efficient. So it's like I can do more. I don't want to just do all I can. I want to do more. I want to do more so I could be more efficient, so I get more done, so I can make more money. And when it came down to that, it's like, all right, let me change what I know. Let me add skill sets to myself. So write out your policy and then write out your standard for yourself and then see what you come up with for your business. Facts. Again, very similar to the solution that we just said, get it on paper, man. Like you got to have something where you just getting it off your head. My, my final solution, bro, is when people say they're doing all they can is talk to people who are playing the game at a higher level than you. The minute you say this statement of I'm doing all I can is the minute you accept defeat. Never accept defeat in the game of business. You can always outthink your competition or your old self if you surround yourself with the right people. Mm. Yeah, because if they're at a different level, one, they could give you some pointers. And two, there's nothing really new in business already once you're in the industry for so many years. And, and that's the same thing when I spoke to the guy who was teaching because he was a realtor and a broker and he's able to explain that. And I think sharing that accountability, having that accountability partner is essential for any growth. So regardless, especially, regardless of the industry. Yeah. So now that's definitely a great, a great takeaway. And I always try to do that too. That's why we, we talk a lot, even though we in different industries, we have you know, similar experiences. All the time, bro. So what would you say, KB, is your overall takeaway for this episode, man? Like what you want to leave? all of the entrepreneurs with, and we got to give them some fire, bro. Cause we've been gone for <laughs> five, six weeks. Definitely take a look in the mirror. That's the main thing. Like you versus you is not more than just a catchy catchphrase. It's a real life a situation where you really need to take time out for yourself and realize what you need to work on internally. So you could achieve things externally. Facts. And once you get down to certain breaking points, you'll realize how you could pivot and where you could change. Because if you do not, being broke is your fault. <laughs> That's hard. That's hard, bro. And and I think KB, he's blunt. Like, he don't play. He, he tell it how it is. And, again, everybody needs some level of accountability like that. You need someone that's going to sugarcoat it. You need someone that's going to tell you, like, yo, it's your fault, even when you don't want to hear it. Because that's what's required to get to the next level. So my final takeaway to everyone in the community is this. You don't have to be in the game of business by yourself. Get yourself a coach. Get my planner. Purchase a course. Network with industry leaders. Get accountability partner. Do something. But don't try to do something by yourself that someone else probably already figured out. Entrepreneurhood. Anyone can start, but only champions finish. Now that you've completed this episode, you're ready to continue your journey by connecting directly with our hosts of Entrepreneurhood. Follow us on Instagram at The Entrepreneurhood to stay updated with the community. 
For each episode, the first set of listeners to tag us on Instagram and leave a five-star review will be entered into a drawing to get a free one-on-one coaching session on the topic of entrepreneurship with our hosts. Remember, there is no shame in struggling because we fail, we grow, and we win right here on Entrepreneurhood.